0: Omies, welcome back to another interview of the week. This week, I'm joined by someone from CORE, someone who's day-to-day, making sure everything gets done internally, maybe a, a bit of a unsung hero within the DAO, Homewood Bound herself. How are you going, Homewood?
1: Hey, Dropkick. how are you? I'm doing well.
0: It's really exciting to have you on here. I feel like this, we had these discussions, like maybe last year, but there's been so many things going on that and like, just like trying to shift, um, guess that we've um, managed to finally get you on here. But I feel like it's, um, it comes at a good time because I think a lot of the conversations today will probably like touch around this, you know, bit of like a restructure going on within the Down. I think probably no one better than yourself to probably talk to this about. But before we kind of get into that, a couple of like intros and then we can get into like the, you know, the, the who, what why you're here in this like weird DAO space but podcasts do you like them dislike them what's what's good and bad about podcasts
1: I do like podcasts I feel like I don't have enough time to listen to all the podcasts that are recommended to me so if that could be like a don't like part it would be that (laughs) when I'm working like I can't always have background noise on some of the things that I'm focusing on. But in general, like if I'm painting or doing tasks like that, I always have to have like a podcast on in the background. And then probably like my least favorite thing is like when you're like super thick into it and then they're like, and we're going to pause for this ad, which I know like everybody's got to (laughs) have some way to monetize it, but it's just, it always comes at like the worst point where I can't just like hit the skip button.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, ah, well, I, I guess they got to eat. But I really just wanted to hear what you had to say next. Why do you have to do that to me? Yeah, no, I, um, I actually really agree on the like getting recommended too many and then also like subscribing to way too many and never getting around to like listening to all these interesting ones. There's like a Hardcore Histories by like Dan Carlin. And it's just like such an interesting podcast and series. But it's like a lot of the episodes themselves are so long and I've just never had the time to like really, you know, sit through it and listen to ancient, like, I mean, the the kind of like Roman uh, era and that entire like history. Um, it's just like uh, things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I can listen to it while I'm doing something. Nope. Because I like my attention's like just would not be able to do the thing I'm supposed to be doing properly. <laughs> so Definitely frustrating. Um, I would love to, I've obviously thought from the beginning, once I started seeing you contributing the DAO, but is this, is your pseudo identity, was it created for Ohm specifically?
1: Yes, it was. So I had, I'm like a long time Ohmy first time caller situation. I had a different username and I think I had joined like the community server back in May, like early May. And that username was super doxed, So uh, I had to shift and like recreate a name so that when I applied to join the operations team, people weren't immediately like, oh, hey, I can use your username to figure out who you are because it's one that I've used in different places. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a new username and then a reflection of I do house stuff. So there you go. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. I actually want to come back to the what it was like in the community Discord back when you were in there. But we'll go all the way back and kind of you know the, you know, how did you get into crypto and then go even further down the crypto rabbit hole into DeFi then DAOs?
1: I've known about crypto for like forever. And I like sat down and was going to buy Bitcoin back in 2013 and like had everything set. But like the process was convoluted and awful. And now I like innerly hate myself a little bit for not making it happen because that would have been awesome uh, to have gotten in and like ridden through uh, the last wave of things. But, you know, I guess a couple of years ago, got some like boomer Bitcoin yourself. Like typical Ethereum and Bitcoin, just not anything fancy or DeGen. And then this last year, I started looking more at DeFi, and I had heard from like other people about like the DeFi arena. And then Olympus came like super highly recommended from someone, and so I was like, well, you know, this looks trustworthy. I'm just going to kind of like baby step my way into it, and started like DCAing into Olympus. Back in early May, end of April, I think, like I initially started to fund my account in April. And then by the time everything cleared, I bought my first own like in May. And then from that, it just spiraled into wanting to be like more a part of the OMI community and keeping up to date on all of the changes that were happening. And then I looked into contributing to the DAO back in like June and July, but I had like this massive house project that I was working on and spending like all my free time wrapping up that renovation. And the first thing that I saw as far as like um joining, I don't know like how I stumbled across it, but it was the policy quiz.
0: And mm. I was
1: so <laughs> intimidated, like, if these are the entry questions, they are not gonna <laughs> want me in here. So <laughs> I just like continued to learn and then um after the renovation wrapped up and got a renter in there I was like okay I've got free time let's see what's available at Olympus and I ended up like applying and joining the ops team
0: There you go and the rest <laughs> is history and we'll get into that 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 history soon but what's interesting yeah. was was Olympus the first DeFi project that you looked at or did obviously did you was there like more of a Kind of like oh, kind of figuring out like oh, there's this thing, these things called AMMs, and then going going from there.
1: No, I did like the boomer stuff and then like some other random coins on Coinbase. But Olympus is the first DeFi thing, and then like obviously I have boundary problems because now. I'm knees deep in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is actually really interesting. I've there there have I think there's there's been a few people who have essentially just skipped like all of that DeFi Lego blocks and just gone straight to Olympus, which I find to be like an interesting thing. Like, I don't know if I think, you know, I have too many thoughts on that, but it may be something to come back to later. But maybe we can talk about some of that (laughs) initial history when you came into the community discord, even prior to working the DAO, for example. What was it like back then?
1: Yeah, I have like the biggest smile on my face because I don't know if there will ever be anything like Omi community. Like it was just such an awesome place to be and to like get to know the people on Discord. And I was like a lot of lurking, but you see familiar names and comment styles and the way that everyone just kind of banded together in a group fashion and really like I don't know, it's almost broy, like where people would give each other a hard time. But it's in an I love you kind of a way. So it was just really fun to be a part of the OMI community and that's what lured me into like deeper commitment here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and speaking of deeper commitment, so you kind of are in and around the community and then how did you kind of like stumble across the DAO itself and you know, what was that initial trajectory like going from, you know, just getting involved and trying to getting your feet wet a little bit to where you are now being a leader?
1: I think that I stumbled across the DAO server in a link or someone had posted like the join in one of the chats because they were looking for more people to join the team. So then I started looking and um, you obviously like have a limited number of channels that you can see initially. And back then we had the click to react. So when I went in, there was like all of these descriptions about all the different departments. And it's like, hmm, I could a lot of these places I could see myself joining the two that stuck out to me the most were like operations and marketing because like I'm kind of a little OCD about like having things organized. And then what I had been doing in my meet space fell in line with a lot of like what was working on um, being worked on at that point in marketing. So I clicked react and got access to the operations team and dude was the lead at that point and so he just kind of like ushered me in and was super welcoming and I was intimidated to like apply and be here and then you get inside and you're like, Oh, these are all just OMI's and they all like everyone's very friendly and supportive and like are coming together to work collectively, which was, I think, I don't know why I was expecting it to be scary, but it wasn't. So (laughs) that was really neat to see. And then from there, it was just a matter of like, obviously J-Man was everywhere. I met him and got looped into like all the tendrils where he had kind of expanded and was able to over time identify more areas of the DAO that needed help. And from that I was better at helping because I had just gone through it and could help to like work on revising the onboarding process and as that like cascaded kind of identifying gaps in some of the ways that we had been operating or things that had been like overseen. And now it just like didn't stop. I just learned more about the systems and could help out more and more as I spent more time in the community So I think just, like, sticking with it and then, like, taking the time to educate myself about, like, the tooling, how it's being used, what would be a better option. It all really, like, led into a place of being able to add more value because you're aware of what's currently being used, the pitfalls with what's being used, and then also, like, weighing those against the benefits of moving to another system because if the benefits are marginal but now you have to retrain everyone on like the flow there then you're not getting a lot of value add so it all just kind of continued to grow
0: mm, that makes sense
1: <laughs> countless hours spent
0: One thing that's really interesting about like this kind of early time when it was a extremely kind of creative and flat period where like everything and anything was kind of like ideas could kind of come to the forefront in any area. I guess what's really interesting about that kind of structure when you're if you kind of could refer to it as like a high growth startup environment where everything is just a little bit you know like a little bit chaotic, crazy, but like ultimately the execution is execution is really really good at that point do you think in those specific kinds of environments do you think they're unique to basically learning things on the job because i feel like in that kind of environment because change is so rapid you kind of need to like constantly like iterate on yourself and by doing so you actually end up learning like 10x what you would normally learn in like a regular job with like really clear cut responsibilities, for example?
1: Yes, I think very much so. I think someone recently commented about how being in the DAO, there's a barrier because you have to be like a self starter. And I don't know that that's necessarily a barrier. It's something that like, to be in a DAO, yes, you have to be a self starter right now in this early phase, because if you're not going to take the time to learn about the different programs that are used or the flow of information there, then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to be successful and effective at what you're trying to do. It will just take 10 times longer and you'll end up feeling really frustrated versus if you spend the time acquainting yourself with what's going on and then just really being able to adapt and change because you can't get married to anyone's system or setup. None like at this stage yeah. nothing's permanent. <laughs> yes.
0: No, yeah. That is a, a very good point. I guess as you rose through the ranks and, and obviously become this like um, you know, uh, it was evident that you were a, a self-starter. How would you, as you kind of moved more into this leadership role within operations? So, like, for context, OMI is like a leadership role for like a specific department, historically, has been a stratego. And basically, strategos are like the executioners or executors, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) maybe in some sense an executioner, but someone who essentially tries to facilitate operations for that specific department, like tries to streamline things and is, is kind of like a mini kind of operations lead. For that specific department, and then you have operations themselves, which is kind of where home sits in to the stack, and they run all the operations across all the departments and the entire DAO. So maybe, how do you define a leader? And I guess like what what are like some inherent skills uh, that are needed in that role? Like we've kind of already touched on it, but then I guess what don't they kind of teach you slash tell you about leading and managing a team? Like what's what's um very much not. In the job description.
1: (laughs) The things that aren't written down, but you definitely have to do. Yeah. So leaders to me are people who care for others because that's basically what you're doing is you're caring for the people who are around you and making sure that they're able to effectively do the tasks that they are responsible for. So I personally like when leaders are like quick to give credit for the tasks that are completed to the people who did the tasks. And then also like take the blame. I'm very conscious and I try to always be sure that like when I mess up, I'm like, Hey guys, sorry, I completely messed this up. I'm going to fix it. Let me make this better because I think that helps make everyone feel more comfortable And it's like the right thing to do. Like (laughs) if you do something wrong, you just own up to it and you move on. And nobody, at least in the DAO, is not like, I can't believe you did this this way, you know, but we just move on and fix it. And I think having a drive to learn, like lifelong learner is important to be a leader because like I said before, nothing stays the same within a DAO or in real life. So if you're not able to <laughs> adapt and change and learn about like the new things that are coming out, then you're not going to be as effective mm. as a leader as you could be.
0: Yeah. So like integrity, honesty, curiosity, that, that kind of like down to go into near yeah, any direction.
1: And then things that people don't tell you, I guess, are like that. It's not, not that a doubt. So first off, working or contributing, we don't, we contribute, not a nine to five thing, which is why I think a lot of people choose to contribute to the DAO because it's not a nine to five. But within that we're here, like you are on the opposite side of the world as me right now. So it's like an all the time opportunity to contribute. So when you like have responsibility as a leader, I feel like that transcends any typical work day And then that's amplified when you're in the DAO. Like I feel a responsibility to be there all the time and to answer and unblock as quickly as possible so that people can, you know, keep moving on in a happy fashion.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. So it's like a double edged sword, right? Because you have that, uh, because it's not a nine to five and you have that freedom with schedule, you again, get to kind of if as long as you get as long as you kind of get your deliverables you know done then you can work whenever but on the flip side because you can work whenever there's like a infinite amount of deliverables and you because you have that like responsibility of people being a, an important one then like you, you, there's always something to do and so that that kind of like cutting time out is is like definitely a something that i think you refine over time I don't think you master initially would you would do you feel the same way is it something that you are feel like you're getting the hang of as structures maybe solidify a bit
1: I think it's definitely improving there were like days (laughs) when things were just insane and I'm like oh I know I've had conversations with you about this where it's like hey I know it's like seven o'clock but I haven't had lunch yet or breakfast but I'm going to eat real quick and listen (laughs) on this sink and (laughs) I think like our time zones just like lend themselves to that so (laughs) being Mm -hmm. able to like dial back some of my preferences for like getting things completed. Well, on a certain timeline and being like, "All right, you also have to take care of yourself." That's uh, like it's getting better. And in general, I don't know that there's a perfect balance for anything. It's just like a flow through different seasons where you're able to like take on more or choose to put less on your plate. So since things were like slower in meat space, I was able to take on more here. and now, Obviously, it's just continued to grow. But I understand that like any time that you are working on setting up these processes and systems, that's like a lot of upfront effort. but you take the time upfront so that it's organized and easy to maintain down the line, and then you can get to that place of like Tim Ferriss four hour work week situation because you've put in all of that effort upfront.
0: Mm, yeah, so it's like this idea of it's actually something we can touch on a little bit later about this idea of having like the internal processes and and um, you know flows designed properly so that you know um, the ex- like the external part of the DAO actually you know it, the it actually functions as is because I think that's like you know the big thing with Olympus is you know the actual mechanisms like the actual you know coded mechanisms. Are uh, you know kind of on the side of human coordination, but it's also on the the humans themselves to create those coordination mechanisms like internally, and that's that's a challenge, right? And we can we can touch on that a little bit later. But um, what do you think your like? I guess what is your day to day look like? What what did that look like previously, and then how has that like changed as you've moved into this role?
1: So previously, I spent time like pouring through all of the channels like when I first joined and they were like new and they were being unlocked it was a lot of like initial information and just a sense of like how will I ever learn all this and be an expert in all of this and like the answer is you will never (laughs) learn all of it and be an expert in all of it but I just have this like insatiable desire to like know and then like understand and do things well So I was just trying to like soak in as much as I could as possible and then reaching out to people that I knew had a lot on their plates, like, hey, is there anything I can help you out with and lighten your load a little bit? And as time has gone on, um, I started to have tasks then that I was responsible for and was in charge of. And so people became, I guess, aware of that and would start to ping me like, hey, can you help with this? So I went from a place of like reaching out to people and trying to assist them as best as I could to now when I go to bed at night I try and have like all of my pings cleared out and everything taken care of and like a game plan for the next day and then I wake up in the morning and there's like just this wall of pings and channel um <laughs> tags and then DMs that need to be attended to so it works out pretty well in ops with Stefano because he's in a different time zone than I am so we can sometimes do like a handoff back and forth if I stay up late then I catch him in his morning and then we just are able to yeah it's really it's very effective and it helps us keep a pretty good pulse on like what needs to happen and then we can prioritize and adjust because you know what was a priority yesterday all of a sudden something else might have come up today that needs to be addressed first before we can circle back and knock out that thing that we had begun
0: yeah and it, i think it's really nice to have that that someone working with you in tandem a- again like you know, preferential if it's if, if it ends up being someone in a different time zone because ideally that that's actually like ends up being more efficient than like if you had two people in the same time zone for example i guess that's an interesting thing to think about like onboarding wise is is like instead of like there, there's an element that comes into play where you're trying to optimize for like people spread across time zones, right? Almost like in a sense, like even if like, for example, you had someone with the same skills, but someone had a, um, you know, was in a preferred time zone that might be lacking for that specific role, for example, then it could end up being that, you know, making the difference, which, which is completely, you know, foreign in like a regular, you know, working environment. So maybe if there's anything that comes to your mind, maybe is there anything within like that's DAO or DeFi native that, that is just like really like baffles you in terms of like like how it empowers contributors maybe or like what are some things that are just super unique into like to DAOs themselves in terms of like day-to-day working, onboarding, whatever it may be. I've got a couple, like I think one thing is obviously the, the pseudo element, but I'll let you, if there's anything that comes to your mind that
1: mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna say like being anonymous is one of my like the most unique thing to the DAO, like that and then the fact that it's just global so you've got all of these people that have this identity that they've taken on and i think like there are challenges associated with that because they're completely anonymous so if this person's applying and they say i'm an expert at rust and then they're like super not an expert at rust there's no way to really know until you've worked with them a little bit and understand like their skill level. But other than that, like initial pain point, I think being anonymous is like immensely beneficial in the doubt because here we are, we're all collaborating and working together for this like greater good and our names are just like random things. And so I'm not worried about like, who went to what college when I'm looking at onboarding people or like, Oh, well this person's the son of that person. So we've got to be like politically correct and do the organizational thing where like in a traditional company, that's something that definitely comes up. And here we are. And it's like your value is determined by your contributions and your pro social behaviors. If you're focused like solely on yourself Versus on the group, then it's not going to work out in the DAO. But if you like are willing to listen to others' ideas, like even though you could do this thing by yourself and be more like whatever this one task is, if you didn't include anyone else's opinion, you could knock it out and get it done. But the goal isn't to just get it done. It's to get it done in a way where everyone has an ability to weigh in on it and give feedback so that the end result is a better end result versus just completed so i really like that
0: collaboration yeah and i guess like one thing that i just thought about the other day was was like how most of this through these like pseudo non-profiles is pushed via text and because text is so you know um you know lacking in emotion at times it's just super direct it's super you know to the point you kind of have to be quite concise and Sum things up for for like your point to get across and for it to have an impact. So there's like that, you know. Really, we're at that really nascent stage in like DAO interaction that like people's value is essentially um, you know attributed to like their their kind of execution in communication, sometimes purely via text, <laughs> and that to me is crazy. It like or makes me it makes me think about text based. Um, video games, as like a you know, that was the that's that's kind of what kicked off an entire industry. I somewhat think that this will kick off an entire immersive, you know, pseudo non industry of working. And I, I just I see so many similarities, but like in completely different contexts. And I feel like it's it's really exciting and also like really interesting because it got, I guess, another you know, good question to like, I, I one thing to touch on is. You know, I think you're our first female stratego, which is actually awesome. And I don't think it was. uh, I don't think we had a party for uh, International Women's Day, but we probably should have. But how do you feel about being the first female leader in the DAO? If you do identify as female, but then I guess the second thing is like, given we're talking about um, this kind of you know the anonymous nature of DAOs, how do you think about identity in DeFi? For me, this is also something really interesting. Because I think the pseudo element kind of removes a lot of barriers that we do see in, you know, our kind of meat space world. And like kind of is the one of the closest things to meritocracy that exists. But again, on your point of basically how do we verify that someone is a good contributor is probably like one of the next pain points to solve. But but would love your opinions on that.
1: So I think like within the DAO, I know that there are a lot of men or people who identify as male within the DAO. And I've seen like a growing number of females like joining. I think that that's just indicative of it being mostly tech-based. And then DeFi in itself is more of a risk-taking activity potentially than like stable coins. So males typically are more like geared to riskier activities and therefore are probably earlier adopters of DeFi and therefore they're the people who are here building within DAOs. So for me, I get called sir, like all the time. And I super don't care because like, even though my like Abby is like my back, people are cats or people are anime girls. And they're like super not that (laughs) in real life. So Nobody cares, like, who you are, really. As long as you're, like, kind and you work hard in the Tao, that's, like, as far as it goes for, like, you as a person. It doesn't matter, like, what you look like or what your background is. The one limitation I would say is that, like, most people have to be, like, decently fluent at speaking English. So that's from a global perspective, um, a limitation because that's what we speak and write within the DAO. But we do have like global work on translations, but as far as like day-to-day communications, that's basically it. Like there's no broader requirements, um, about you
0: or your like, you heard it here first, a new, uh, discord native tooling that if you are non-English speaking, you can type in your native language and essentially doesn't even show the other person on the other side that you are doing so but it all translates into whatever language that person opts into so that's a new new uh new tool so if someone's listening go go make that now please because we need it (laughs) um (laughs) that would be cool i guess one thing you know maybe going back to like you know little kind of little homeward is there any advice you'd you'd get like you know give to your younger self given like everything that you've gone through just like you know personally but then also like now that you've like moved into this kind of like very experimental you know kind of ecosystem what, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self
1: so like obviously i was not a five-year-old saying like i'm gonna grow up and contribute to a DAO because there was there just wasn't and so i think i had this like idea or self-imposed pressure that I had to have my life figured out by the time I graduated high school. And then in college, I changed my mind about what I wanted to do and ended up not choosing like a career in my major and instead like built myself the job that I wanted. And one thing led to another so that all of those skills added up to be really complementary for the contribution that I'm working on now, like within the DAO. So none of this fits into the stereotypical like model to success that I was told as a child. And I think my advice would be to just like allow yourself to be free to explore new options as they're presented to you and to lean into the adventure. Like even if it seems scary, it's very often worth it and if not you've learned something awesome.
0: Wow that's some great advice for the next generation of founders and leaders in crypto how do you think that what do you think those founders and leaders might look like kind of coming you know basically being born into this like gamified digitized world that they kind of have no conceivable idea of what things were kind of pre technology like where do you think things are going in terms of like you know, are we gonna just optimize for absolutely everything? Like where is DeFi kind of taking us and where do you think like, you know, those kind of yeah, that that next generation of leaders and founders might might take Olympus or just start taking um, you know, DeFi in general? Like what direction do you think?
1: I'm kind of conflicted. Like in the broader DeFi ecosystem, I think that there's still like a lot of fun left to be explored. It just being what it is, there will be a lot of like lighthearted and silly use cases because people need and seek out that kind of levity. And then we do have more like pain point solving protocols, like Olympus solving real world problems, but in the DeFi space in a decentralized way. So I'm hoping that there will be like a happy blend between the two. And then whoever is like going to be <laughs> those founders I think like obviously the willingness to learn and adapt are huge and then patience is massive because there's a constantly shifting environment here like we joke in the dow that a week is like a month or a year of time that has gone by like if you take off a day or two you've got so much that you have to catch up on because things are just constantly shifting so being able to like identify the shifts and work proactively on the things that need to happen will be like our next round of successful founders.
0: That makes total sense. I think one thing that like, I guess as that as, as there's still a lot of things to be explored within the space um, you're very uh, kind of like really in the, the, you've gone from kind of working in the the trenches to going even further kind of going deeper into the trenches, trying to like organize everything from this bird's eye view. Do you think, what do you, what are we like missing, you know, from, you know, kind of this regular day-to-day, you know, working within a DAO and, you know, we kind of touched on it um, vaguely earlier, but where do you, what kind of tooling really needs to happen for these kind of working environments to really say, say kind of kick into next gear. And then also like, I guess, tooling aside, I guess the uncertainty in terms of some kind of regulation or just more so uncertainty in in basically bridging these digital assets into the real world I think that's m- more so the the tricky thing for people and obviously it differs you know region to region
1: I think that right now the biggest need like if I were to wave my magic wand it would be to have this like web3 native Platform that integrated Discord and Notion, but like the specific ways that I would like them to operate together so that we could have like the communication and growth streams, but then also like the work aspect be organized. And then from that, being able to like specifically to get like granular here, have essentially a website that you're able as an admin to build and then your contributors can work on the aspects within it, but there's like locked features of the page so that things are not like constantly in flux on that particular item. So that's definitely something that's lacking right now. It sounds awful, but I'm going to say like Microsoft Teams is the <laughs> like web to corporate thing that is used most frequently in organizations to collaborate with contributors and we need something that's web three reliable isn't going to rug us and has like the adaptions that we need to be a global and across all these different time zones functioning entity
0: wow that would be very very handy i think i've been like because at the moment i guess the only thing the only way to do that is through all these like you know zapier or automate integrations like from Discord to Notion, Notion to Discord and it just like, you know, trying to pick the right Lego website to do that is is also tricky. (laughs) That's like the big challenge right? And I guess that leads into like, I guess my final Olympus related one is, at the moment there's obviously a lot of internal reorg, you know, trying to go from like a 200 person, you know, blend of like full time all the way down to like I, you know, might might contribute an hour a week how hard has it been and how hard is it still to go from to reel back in contributors versus kind of having like a a more of like a gradual onboarding process going from kind of core team to 10 to 15 to 20 versus come in everybody help how you can to then like pruning things down from there
1: yeah i think we had that exponential growth where it went from like 30 to 60 to 120. And now we're at about like 170. And during those phases, there was some mentality around like, well, people will self select for an area and then decide that it's not for them. And they will like stop coming, which this is, I think, a unique DAO problem, because there's like, more real world implications if you just decide not to show up to your meat space job after you've been working there and then just like cut off all communication. But in the DAO, someone could just not show up tomorrow or ever again because they don't feel like doing it anymore. So building up trust with the contributors that you have and kind of that like social equity, like, yes, they are going to come back. They took this on. They've you know shown that they are interested invested in this and we'll see this through to completion that's something that has been able to be highlighted over time and now we've got all of these contributors in the DAO who have amazing ideas and want to see Olympus be super successful so we're at this point where Olympus has like its core mission of becoming the reserve currency and we need to align all of the different like departments and working groups so that they can have their aspect of that, but it still feeds into the core mission. So I think that's what we're seeing right now is more of like the restructure to get everyone aligned there. And then also like the spinning out of working groups that have ideas that do further Olympus, but also help to further like Web3 and uh, like the crypto space as a whole.
0: Mm, that makes a lot of sense so essentially if we're if we're viewing things as this big stack you have people you know kind of re- with really like um you know high um specificity or high, highly specific roles setting those that vision or that that for for that role for like the for the entire down and basically helping all those departments make sure that they're you know moving towards or like in line with that Vision that it's been set by that specific person, and then basically by having all that be consolidated, then we can effectively maintain actual fundamentals. Kind of going, moving towards this like vision of a reserve currency, but also like making sure we're crafting that that narrative and and and, and staying on brand with like what the mission has been from day one.
1: I think Odyssey is like the perfect example of this because they are, you know, I think. Most of the Omis, all of the Omis care deeply about Odyssey and are very excited. I know I'm super excited about the NFT marketplace launch. And it's completely different, but still intertwined with the vision. And since it's kind of its own bubble, here it is able to have an identity that's separate yet still ties to Olympus. And it's able to have this autonomy to operate in its own system. So it allows for this flexibility that we really need to have in Web3 by having groups that are within the Olympus like ecosystem bubble and are furthering the core Olympus cause, but their main focus may not be the same cause as Olympus, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, but it's a, it's like yeah, by by allowing groups who are f- high functioning to kind of spin out as long as what they're doing is kind of helps Olympus achieve that vision of of kind of being the bedrock to an economy. Um, but like kind of with that stipulation, yeah, that makes sense. I think we touched on some real, we touched on some really broad topics, and I feel like we really got core of what's at um, what's at home uh, <laughs> over 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 with you but I've got like a little bit of a fun segment at the end here it's called no attention span no problem and so these are like one one word brief answers basically the absolute first thing that comes to mind like like really low stakes don't think about it at all but I'll just like throw out a few one word um you know just just one words and then you basically just give give like a, a one word back first thing that comes to your head you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Uh people. Outside. Economy. Growing. Restructure. Change agile. Leadership. Fluid. Discord. Web two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Organization.
1: <laughs> My kitchen.
0: Offboarding.
1: Um, migration,
0: mm, collaboration, teamwork, Olympus, Omis, yay! Awesome. Yay. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to refine it, but that's the that's a fun little way to like basically give people a summary of everything we talked about, <laughs> essentially in those like um, yeah you know, yeah those are good brief themes. responses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for jumping on home it's, it's been really cool to get a, a more of an insight into like the internal operations of olympus and i'm sure others will feel the same where can we find you on on socials if we want to uh, get all that alfalfa that internal alfalfa within olympus
1: yeah i'm obviously always on discord and then i'm i have a twitter that is the same as my username homeward bound so that's where i live
0: there you go I means you heard it here and I think uh, without further ado, that, that'll that do us for, for this episode of Interview of the Week. And we'll um, see you later in the week for uh, all of our regular items. See you, homies. Thanks for joining home.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: See you guys.